0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct consumer for Warner
1: Brothers Discovery,
0: weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust.
1: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that.
2: Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, this is the Celtic State of Mind Bulletin, I'm your host today Colin Watt and I'm delighted to be joined by my guest Kevin Maguire. Kevin how are you doing?
3: Not bad mate, how's yourself?
2: I can't complain and nobody can really complain at the minute, I think we're we're doing well, or are we? That's what we're about to discuss. (laughs) Um, So the topic we've got here as our main talking point is what can Celtic do differently after the international break and what we'll do today is we'll take a look back to the game from Sunday, the result against Motherwell. We'll take a look back at the season so far. We'll review it. We'll critique it. We'll see what needs to be tweaked. We'll maybe suggest some improvement points for January, when the transfer window is actually only eight or nine weeks away. It feels as if the last one just closed. I know. We'll take a look at the comments today by Stephen Presley on Callum McGregor. We'll take a look at the squad utilization. Are we, is there players there that haven't been given a fair crack of the whip so far this season? And we'll take a look ahead to the game against Hibs. But starting off, we we see the, the thing here, the main talking point being what can Celtic do differently after the international break. And uh, just realised the mic was away the over we there.
3: Gonna have to repeat so, all what we on can that,
2: mate. hear me, uh, guys. Uh, let me know. The main <laughs> talking point being what can we do differently after the international break? I think. The 4-1 result kind of came at a bad time. Um, I think you'd want to sort of kick on from there. Yeah. Uh, maybe be playing on the Wednesday or the Thursday. Getting the, the points on the board. We've still got the game in hands to catch up. Nine points behind with two games in hand. Kevin, what, what did you make of the result on uh, Sunday? It was fantastic. Um,
3: I thought, probably like everybody else, when it went to 2-1, we looked about leggy like, in midfield. Uh, I don't think we'd, we'd kept control at that part of the game when it went to 2-1. Um, but thanks to, to Mr Ilyanoussi popping up with a goal I think that changed everything again and, and settled everyone back down um, what you were saying about maybe coming at a bad time I'm not so sure because you've got to remember the week before we won 2-0 in the, the Scottish Cup fantastic result and then we had a game we thought we were going to kick on against Sparta that went horribly wrong so it might be a good time for, for Lenny to try and sit down and, and work out what has been going wrong you know he can he can... Relax, maybe 5% now, because mm-hmm. we won 4-1, such a good result of the weekend, and maybe this is the time now where, because the games have been coming so thick and fast, you know, there's really been no time to even reflect on the previous game, um, and I think that's why it's been so up and down, um, so, great result, taking it in isolation, great performance, I think we performed brilliantly for maybe 70 of the 90 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, 20 minutes in the second half, we definitely dropped off in the centre midfield area, um, Motherwell came back into it, um, but you know, you're looking at a 4-1 win away to Motherwell, fantastic result, fantastic result, so that's what I think of it.
2: And it's good to hear that the, the sound's coming through, we're, we're happy there's no technical issues, oh, might be a different host today, but we're trying to keep up the professionalism of the podcast. Where is Paul. Oh, nah, I've been we don't like know. we'll find out hopefully <laughs> uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube give us a like, give us a comment, subscribe these things are really important to us as we continue to, to grow the channel here, uh, we're close to 4,500 subscribers which is incredible yeah. hopefully 5,000 by the end of the year and beyond, um, the Celtic faithful and have been really kind to us over the last few months so that's brilliant uh, first comment coming in here of the day from Tosh Bear afternoon fellas Good news with the Israeli game getting uh, postponed, a bit of a good news for a change. Okay. I think i just, I just read about this before we, we came right. on the air. Didn't know that. And it looks if like there's been another outbreak in the Israel camp.
3: So Had, had
2: our players travelled? They had travelled, yeah. It was meant to be a friendly today at three o'clock between where? Israel and Norway. So In in, in Israel? In Israel, yeah. Right, so okay. there'd been quite a few players involved in that. It looks yep. like the game's not going ahead. Do you think the most important thing about the international break is... As you're saying, with a lot of games being played and a yeah. lot still to play, quite a few players are now getting the chance to, to rest and recover and maybe settle themselves into the squad.
3: Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's great, but I think the the most important thing about an international break right now is trying to stop COVID outbreaks. <laughs> I think that's the main concern. Um, the likes of Scott Brown, I think this will do him the world of good. I think he's needed a rest. I think maybe could have had a 20-minute rest on on Sunday there um, so you know players like himself fantastic um, players like David Turnbull might be going away and getting a game with Scotland under 21s um, so I think it'll do him the world of good because he's a player that I think might have been deserving of slightly more game time mm-hmm. um, so I think there's pros and cons, but right now my main concern is just getting these Celtic players back in without any more without any more getting coronavirus or being involved in squads that have that have had outbreaks. It's the only yeah. thing I care about right now.
2: I think it really did affect us when yeah. during the last international break. Massively. Um some people have highlighted that we look like the football insomniac guys, so yeah, we we were we just did the football insomniac podcast All there. Right. And you can check that out on the State of Minds uh, YouTube. But what we did speak about on that podcast last week was the need for international football. And for me, at the minute, I just don't think there is any need for international football. Okay, we're all excited, or most of us are excited, for the Scotland game on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's now going to to be two other games after that. I think they play Slovakia and they play someone else. Just get them home. home. (laughs) England are playing Ireland in a friendly. They played uh, Wales in a friendly before. This this is just completely unnecessary.
3: I just don't understand it. I don't understand the the need for international football during a global pandemic I don't get the purpose of creating a bubble with your club if you're literally just going to mix with players playing in clubs in every country of the world joining up with your national team I think it just throws it out the window because it's not as if the players are returning to their clubs then isolating before they come back into the club they're just straight back in so I don't um, I don't see the need for it whether it's just
2: alright mate there he is oh my goodness we've got a run in here
3: superstar, super he's got a new job Superstar of the show it's got, We've got to keep him grounded
2: Aye, you uh, know what happens with these guys once they get a couple of shows under their belt
3: Definitely is, is the international thing down to money?
2: Is it down to UEFA and down to money from sponsors and stuff? I Probably Is that going to be the case though for international friendlies? Because when you look at it What, what is the need for an international friendly? The idea the of the Nations, Nations League was, was to be No, yeah, no international friendly. So not only that, we're sending our own players there yeah. Now we're sending the players that we've got in our own bubble yeah. which by all accounts there's certain um, discrepancies that have happened throughout the mm. season. We're then sending them away on international duty. They're flying thousands of miles to come back play three games in six days and then come back and play mm-hmm. maybe another three games in seven days. Yes. It's a lot a lot of football. Don't yeah. get me wrong as fans it's fantastic because we get to see football on the TV so often but yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's completely unnecessary and as you say i hope that we don't have any more outbreaks within the squad
3: yeah and, and i might be wrong but judging by the last international break it doesn't seem like the international um international teams in the setup are are being uh, are up to the standards of, of club football particularly at celtic um they're not matching celtic in the, the coronavirus protocols you know we send them away um, i know that celtic certainly weren't happy with Scotland in in the way that you know, what happened with Ryan Christie. Um so I'm I'm unsure whether they can they can reach the standard of the of the football clubs uh, across the world. So that's a major concern as well. Um and you know, up until a few weeks ago when Scotland got themselves into this playoff, um I don't think any of us enjoyed international football. That game wasn't even enjoyable. So um at the best of times it's not fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I would love to see it scrapped. Celtic, the team that are play- paying the wages of all these players, we had to play our biggest game of the season at home without a massive number of players, um, top players, key players, um, through no fault of their own. Uh, and I think that's a major concern. But I don't. There's no way around it. You know, do, do you get to the point where you just don't release the players? Um, was there not? Was there not a team? Was it Salzburg? didn't release the players for the last
2: I think so year. yeah
3: um, so I don't know but, but then Celtic have come out and said it's it's FIFA regulations that they must do it so I don't know where uh, how we can get round that but um, no, nah, apart from the Scotland game tomorrow night I would love to see it
2: scrapped <laughs> yeah I, I absolutely agree with you yeah um, and obviously we, we wish Scotland all the best but yeah. just all the players to come back home um, and be ready for the next game yeah. against Hibs Before we get to the game against Hibs though, We'll go over the game on Sunday again um, You've kind of given us your, your opinion on that There was a few talking points that came out That we've spoke about on a Celtic state of mind Over the last few days Including the tackles on Frimpong Which I, I've not seen anybody yet Even the, the ex-referees that have looked at it That said it wasn't a red card So I don't mm. know how that wasn't given mm. But there's always some things that we can work on from performances like that. Um, when you look at the, the goal that Motherwell scored, again it comes back to the defence not looking as solid as mm-hmm. what they, they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were Neil Lennon taking a look at that squad, what would you take away from that game that needed to be worked on? Um, in terms of Lennon's decisions or in terms
3: of the players? Both. <laughs> In terms of Lennon's decisions, uh, obviously I'm not Neil Lennon. Uh, I, can't, I, I don't make these decisions, but um, I, I think it was so clear and obvious in, the, in the, the first period of the second half that our legs were getting tired in the midfield and we allowed Motherwell to come back into the game. Um, We've got ready-made replacements who can come on, keep the energy up. David Turnbull, guys like that. So that was a slight concern for me. I would have been a wee bit worried if, if El Yunusi hadn't popped up with that third goal you know, mm-hmm. straight away. Um, in terms of the shape of the team I would just love to see Celtic put out a formation that we know is going to happen You know, I don't think the defence know every game they're going into whether they're going in as a 3 or a 4 and whether it is a 3 or a 4 it's different people starting every single game so I think that's that's where the frailties are I think it's the organisation at the back um, I think we've got good individual players we've shown we've got good individual players you know Lenny had a brilliant season last season um, it's just the inconsistencies in the formation and in the players starting and I know a lot of that was due to, due to you know obviously the Rangers game Beaton missed it um, Elham had missed it they weren't expected to miss it obviously until the coronavirus uh, Julian's been injured so I understand that um, but the chopping and changing of formation I think is is, is upsetting us at the back
2: Yeah, I think one thing that we can all agree on is that at the back, certainly defensively, we've we've not been as good as what we've been last season. Do you put that down to the changing goalkeepers through the season? We had Fraser Foster last year who was absolutely outstanding as a a goalkeeper. Um, We've brought in some new defenders this season. We've not really had a settled back line, as you say. We don't know whether we're going to be playing three or we're going to be playing four. Mm. What do you think we, we need to do um, to actually get a bit more s- solidity at the back? Um,
3: the Barcast one's a funny one. He's obviously got ability, right? We wouldn't have paid the money for him. We've obviously scouted him. Um, we had a good game up at Ross County. Um, the major concern is that I've not seen him open his mouth. Um, you know, Whether it's to shout in, in English or in Greek, I've not seen him command that. And I think that's one thing that Big Fraser did. And you know, any goalkeeper we've had over the years... Um, and I think a lot of it can come from you know, you need the core of your defence, so the, so the goalkeeper and the, the, the two sort of one or two centre backs that are in right in front of them, mm-hmm. You need to be vocal. Um you know, and for these few games you've had Duffy and you've had Barkas who have just come in the team. They've not they've not been there and they're having to play with guys that wouldn't maybe normally have played there in the past, like Beaton. Um, Lax Out came in against Rangers, he's been phenomenal. But again, it's it's new players playing in new positions. So I think that's got a big part to do with it. Um, I would just love Chris Julian to come back. I would love to go back to the the back four that we had uh, last season. Um, obviously, we kind of do that with Johnny Hayes away, but I think Laxalt has been a, an upgrade on that, so no problems there. I think losing Fraser, or I don't know what happened there. I've heard that he didn't want to come back. Um, I've heard that he, didn't. he wanted to come back, but only in a permanent deal, um, which is fair enough. But I think losing him has been a massive, massive... Uh, part of what's happened at the back you need somebody that's going to command Um, and without Julian then Fraser was the guy to do that
2: yeah I've I've got to agree with you I think the the defence hasn't really been settled yet so far I think we're still chopping and changing and there's still players getting used to playing with each other there's no partnerships been built up uh, yet Totally agree with what you're saying, though, with Laxalt. I think Laxalt's been a revolution since yeah. he, he came in. A revelation, sorry, since he came in. And it's a revolution. Well, either one. <laughs> but he offers that more attacking option uh, as opposed to Greg Taylor. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing when you look at it. When we had Greg Taylor in at left-back, did that offer more def-
0: It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust.
1: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number 1 audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iheartresults.com for more.
2: Defensive cover than lacks out and was the issue more that Greg Taylor wasn't offering as much going forward as what Lacks out can. Therefore, mm. where do you get the right balance because you when we started the season you would have had um, Greg Taylor on the left and Jeremy Frimpong on the right and a lot of the ball would go to Taylor but you wouldn't get a lot from it. Yeah. Whereas now you've got someone that can create like that but if you look at some of the goals we've conceded lately we've got the issue where the two fullbacks are so far up the park that we're sort of left exposed at the back at times. Yeah. So finding that balance, we've still not really got that yet.
3: Yes, I mean I think Laxalt takes you back to the sort of engine that Tierney had. Mm-hmm. and what we've been kind of crying out for. I'm not saying that they're the same player at all, but but that's what it is. I don't think the defensive frailties have come from Laxalt. I think you look at his performance, um, winning the ball back away to away to Lille was absolutely outstanding. Um, he seems to know his position. He can track a runner. Um, I think the problem is maybe when he is up at the park, the rest of the defence don't know each other well enough to know what they're supposed to be doing in terms of positioning. We saw the... the was at the fourth Sparta goal mm-hmm. last week when the Frimpong, who was playing right wing at the time, had two guys to mark at the back post? And if you freeze frame it, the rest of the defence are at the bottom right hand side of the corner. Uh, sorry, the bottom right hand side of the screen. You know the centre backs are nowhere to be seen there. So I don't think that the problems are coming from frailties in the fullbacks. Um, I think even Lenny spoke about it as well. Cal McGregor spoke about it after the game. We need to play as a unit, we need to defend as a unit and everyone needs to know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I've got no doubt that the ability in the squad is there to be doing better than we are defensively, uh, even with the players that we've got out, um, but there seems to be some sort of miscommunication. I don't know. I mean, you saw as soon as Forster came into the team last season, he played them straight at Ibrooks. Mm-hmm. and Julian, I think, had his best game up until then in a Celtic jersey. He was absolutely outstanding. Um and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think building right from the back and building the unit that way, then you get the stability.
2: So the, the lead topic we've went with here is what can Celtic do differently after the international break? And we look as if we will be bringing back some players from um, injuries. Look as if Mikey Johnson's not too far away from fitness. Julian hopefully coming back into the squad. Uh, Fraser eh, sorry, Fraser Foster, James Forrest. Don't excite me. I know, Fraser Foster, we've signed him. Um, James Forrest. Still going to be probably the new year. Bit looks of things before we see him. So when you look at the squad and what we will have available for the Hibs game, considering everybody is fit, who would you go for? What would be your eleven?
3: Everybody's fit is that Christopher Julian as well? Yes. Do you throw Barkas back in?
2: Well, that is the question. <laughs> Paul asked me this on Sunday when mm. we did the game. And for me, I think now it's time for Barkas to come back in. I think he's he's had his time out, he's had the time working with Stevie Woods, he's understand understanding the game here in Scotland and what it entails. For me I think it's time for him to come back and I'm not saying Bain's been terrible. Hmm. I think he's he's done fairly well in his time that he's had the jersey. But if you look at overall, you're hoping with the money that you've spent on Barkas that he's a better yeah. goalkeeper.
3: Yeah. You'd hope so. So I hope so as well. So maybe Barcast back in. Julian, Ayer. Laxalt. I think that picks it itself if they're all fit.
2: The big one being the right back then, do you go with simple or do you go with El Um Difficult.
3: Difficult. Um Normally I would I would always see when Elhamid's fit, play him at right back. But I think a couple of times this season we've seen a few frailties, particularly against Ferenc Varos. There's been a few times this season that he's looked slightly frail at right-back, but I think the right-back's not the problem area. I think pick and choose on the day, whether Lenny wants to go for something that's slightly more attacking or whether he's got an idea in mind for, for a right mid that's going to play so then from
2: Pong plays at right-back, I don't think that's a problem. Um, so I'll leave it up to him. So what would you say is Frimpong's best position then, personally? Do you see him as a more attacking option, as a, a right winger, as a, a right midfielder? Or do you think he can develop into that right wing-back role?
3: I think he can certainly develop into the right wing-back role. Um, there was a game recently watching... I'm saying a game recently watching the TLSL Celtic part, but that's been every blooming game. <laughs> um, I really noticed Frimpong's defensive qualities in getting back. His recovery is amazing. Um, positionally... Uh, he's, I think maybe he's got a wee bit to learn we know that he's not maybe so suited to the defensive side of the game but his recovery and his speed to get back and bail people out sometimes um, like see if you're watching that um, the goal that Fernsvaro scored to win the game at Celtic Park see if that's Frimpong against the guy instead of El Hamid
2: I think the, the, yeah. the, the bottom not, line not from away. that was just the ball should have been cleared out yeah it Very should have been true. out of the park, it Very should have been no That t- t- take no risks. And I think sometimes the goals that we've conceded this season have been defenders maybe taking a risk here and there. Yeah. If I think back to the, the penalty that Ham- a. Kilmarnock got at the start of the season, it was just a case of the ball should have been cleared and not the, the player shouldn't have been Aberdeen brought down. Game. Aberdeen game, game management, things like that. Yeah. Is it a confidence thing for the back four, do you think? I
3: think it's a confidence thing, yeah. I, I think that's all it is. It's a confidence thing. Because um, when you're confident, you know what everyone's supposed to be doing. You get trust in the guys around about you. I think they can clearly see that. That's that. That's. Um, I'm not saying they don't trust each other, but it comes across like they're they're not used to each other, which they're not. They're not used to you know we've we've changed goalkeepers already. This you know this this close into the season. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a massive part of it, a massive part of it.
2: So we've got the back four, Yeah, we've got the goalkeeper, the midfield seems to be one of the big talking points this season, there's a lot of players who we think maybe should have got more yeah. game time so yeah. far this season, guys like Turnbull, which we've spent £3 million on, Ismail who we haven't seen a lot of. I think he's looked very good in the very few pre-season games we've seen him in. Guys uh, that have been mentioned on this uh, platform before, like Luke O'Connell, Ewan Henderson, a lot of guys that really haven't seen a lot of game time. Yeah, yeah. So far, the, the three we've really seen in there McGregor and Cham, Brown. Yep. If you're lining up against Hibbs, who would you have in your midfield?
3: McGregor,
2: 100%. Do you think the criticism he's had this season has been warranted? Yeah. Um,
3: McGregor's not been at his best but he's an absolute class act Um, he's a winner he's a delight to watch he's a fantastic footballer he's such a great asset to this team and um, you'll remember the the sort of few games that we had at home in the season before the Rangers game Callum McGregor scored a couple of really important goals in those games to drag us back in I think we were 1-0 down against Livingston and McGregor stepped up Mm -hmm. it was another game that he stepped up as well Um, so I think criticism. Certainly, you were talking about Stephen Presley criticizing. I think that's unfair, um, and he's a winner. So no, I think um, Cal McGregor's got to be in there. Um, I love Scott Brown, but if Lenny decided to start with Turnbull and give him a shot, I would say fair enough. If, you know, he deserves it. We we've signed the the best young footballer in Scotland, and he's not been given a chance yet. So, um, yeah, I, I, if if Lenny went with McGregor and Turnbull. Fine, fine. So uh, as the
2: two, you would play you'd play Turnbull in a deeper role.
3: It depends. What I mean, it depends what you're going to get. If if Lenny if Lenny's going to allow Brown to play the full ninety minutes, or allow any of the midfielders to play the full ninety minutes, when maybe the energy's not there, then you're going to want Turnbull maybe starting because you think he's going to have more energy to play the full ninety. Um, so it depends. It depends what Lenny's going to do. You know, If he's going to say, right, Scott Brown, you're going to get the first half, for 60 minutes and come off, then you're going to start with Scott Brown, obviously, he's the captain, and he can give you that. Um, so, if he's insisting on in playing them for the full 90 minutes, then I go with Turnbull. Uh, if he's wanting to play Scott Brown, maybe for the first hour, then go with that and bring Turnbull on.
2: What about Olivier and Cham? It's a player that certainly came under a yeah. lot of scrutiny this season. Um, seen quite a few comments across social media saying it looks if like some of the games he just chucked it, it just didn't, wasn't putting a performance in. Came off the bench there at the weekend, scored a good goal. Do you think there's more to come from Olivier and Cham or do you think he's sort of seeing his time out here at Celtic?
3: I think the guy's got undoubted ability. Um, I also agree that when he's not up for it, he's not up for it. You know, there's nothing there's nothing anybody can do when Encham's not feeling it. Um, It's become more of a problem, I think, more recently because it's been going on for a while now. Um, I think the best period we had Encham playing was when Rodgers would play him in a two in midfield with Scott Brown. Mm -hmm. You know, the the times when we'd be thumping Rangers uh, Encham would absolutely run the show. Um, Even Gerrard's first game at Celtic Park, I think Encham scored the winner. But he was just outstanding that day, completely unplayable. Uh, And I think that was maybe during a period where Callum was actually playing further up. Um, so I think maybe we've not seen the best in Cham. Maybe down to the poor form. I don't know. People have spoken about his attitude and all that sort of stuff. I can't comment on that. I don't know that. Um, but certainly the best I've seen of him, when he's played in there as a two, and he's got the ability to to have the space in front of him to do what he needs to do. I think playing in a three within Cham. I don't think he likes it I don't think he's allowed to go and express himself and control the game um, so yeah when in on form he's unplayable but we've not seen anywhere near enough of that um, and that's a concern
2: So we've went with the 4-2-3-1 because it seems to be working um, yeah. since we switched from the 3-5-2 we've got the four forwards we see the three attacking mids and the, the one striker yeah. who are you going with to make that, that team up?
3: Honestly I think it depends on who comes back firing from international football Mm-hmm. Um, if if Griffiths is going and scoring for Scotland if he scores tomorrow night and then gets a, a goal maybe next week or something like that then 100% start um, if he doesn't get a single game for Scotland in the next week or so and is not sharp then I don't think Lenny will play him uh, same way Edward if Edward's going to go and score for France in the three games um, then I would have no problem with Lenny starting him obviously scoring goals feeling good about himself so uh, it's a good problem to have Um having you know four strikers as good as that um, and honestly I think it comes down to who's who's performing well in that week leading up to it I don't think a decision can be made there now I don't think Lenny will make a decision just now um, it's form I think because Edouard you would say he's the best player in Scottish football um, form wouldn't even allow him to start the game and rightly so on Sunday he's not been good enough so um, striking I would love to I would love to see Griffiths and Edward up together Mm-hmm. Like like Lenny did with the three five two. The only time the three five two actually worked um was to put those two up front together at the start of uh, the start of the year. Um and I think Ayeti's been fantastic. Um the only sniff that he had of goal on Sunday was when he actually made it for himself, Well Younes' first goal. Um but I can't remember him having a you know, a decent ball played into him to have a proper crack at it on, on Sunday. So I think his his overall play, I'm really happy with. Um, so, yeah, but I think the... I mean, El he has got to start, right? So you're only really going to be able to pick one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it will just come down to form in the next week in international football.
2: Yeah, I think, obviously, playing a lot of games in a short period of time. Scotland play three games in six days. They travel 6,000 miles. It's, yeah. it's a lot for players, even though we're talking about... Um, these players doing it week in week out it's yeah. still a lot it's a lot on the body um, and sports science is hopefully developed to a stage where players can, can cope with that but again we're going to be playing a lot of football we're going to be doing a lot of travelling we've still got European games to play we've got the, the, the Scottish Cup final from last year we'll have the League Cup from this year we've got the League as well so there's a lot of football to be played and there'll be a lot of time for you guys watching along to join us on a Celtic state of Mind during these games. We do go live every match day thirty minutes before fifteen minutes at half time, and thirty minutes after getting your feedback on how you think the game's going to go and how it has went. Usually it's Paul that will be hosting it and we've got a range of different guests that come in and join them to give their feedback as well. Just like you guys are doing right now on social media and I'm just looking at some of the comments coming through here. Uh, Red Scotland brings up the point, Celtic has the three best strikers in Scotland, Celtic has the best midfield options in Scotland, Celtic has the best defence in Scotland when on form. This is down to us. We We need to... We don't need to look elsewhere, basically.
3: I thoroughly agree. I thoroughly agree. If we can pick our best 11 on form, we're the best team in the country. Um, But it's not been happening. So, what do you do when you've got the best strikers in Scotland but they're not firing? I I think that's got to come from the manager.
2: So then, when you look at that, and what Red's saying there, having the best squad, Mm. when you're not on form and when you're not firing... You use them, right? What does it come down to? Does yeah. it come down to the way that we are, we're lining up? Does it come down to the way that um, we're basically setting the, the team out? There's a lot of things that need to be looked at, certainly between now and the Hibs game. And let's be honest, it's a ground that we've not won at in, I think, four or five years. In so it's it's a big, big task to go to, to Easter Road and it's get one, the it's on, points. it's on
3: paper one of the toughest, you know, the toughest. Uh, league games of the season um, and it's probably the only team that we've not won in the league away to in you were saying four or five years at least obviously we won the Scottish Cup there a year and a half ago um, yeah I, I, I don't know I don't know what you do when you have got those strikers there who are all I think top class strikers on the day um, I actually don't think a lot of the problems have been down to us not scoring goals you know away to Aberdeen scored three goals Um, I think the problems have come from the back they've come from the back we've got an abundance of players in midfield to front uh, that can go and hurt teams that can sit in that can pass the ball about it's it's at the back that's where the problems
2: are I think you're you're right I think the biggest thing for Celtic is to go on a bit of a run at the moment start getting the, the points in the bag and also almost as important as keeping a clean sheet Yep. because I think if you keep a clean sheet then you're almost kind of halfway there to the three points you've stopped the other team from scoring it's now then up to the attacking players that we've got and we do have a fantastic amount of attacking talent to go and put the ball in the net Yeah. so there is um, there is obviously the case to be made that if you can keep the ball out your own net then you're certainly on the right track and this this if I look back to some of Hibbs' performances this season when they came to Celtic Park I think for me, it's certainly one of the best ninety minutes I've seen from Celtic yeah. so far this season. Yeah, uh, and we played with a yeti up front. He yeah. scored two goals, and it was certainly a, a great performance. When I look at Hibs so far this season, they for me have been a bit of hit and miss. It started really well. Started very well. Yeah, um, under Jack Ross. Yeah, and they got a fantastic point against Rangers. Yeah, where they highlighted their defel- defensive Did the first realities. team to scored against Rangers. Yeah, at the end of this season the league, the two goals. Yeah, so they're certainly going to have their tails up they're going to come out these teams always raise their game yeah for would
3: would you say we are worse defensively now or more frail at the back now than when we when we actually played them a couple of months ago at Celtic Park would you say they're now more enthusiastic about coming and and having a go at us would you look at Celtic now and say that or do you think nah we've not got any worse at the back it's just exactly the same
2: I would say that teams are looking at Celtic at the moment yeah. and they're thinking that they've got a chance of getting something here home and away you take a look at when Livingston came to the to Celtic part of this season they certainly did have a go they, they weren't oh, playing 10 men behind the ball which a lot of teams tend to do Yeah, they were certainly coming out and they were having a go and they were thinking they can get something I think Hibs will be the exact same yeah But what I do think is it does play into Celtic's hands quite a bit because we seem to be very good on the counter-attack. When you look at that side that played um, against Motherwell on Sunday, before the game I was saying that it was two attacking lineups. Motherwell went with three up front. They were certainly there to have a go at Celtic. suited us. And I think that does suit us. So maybe this is a game where we go to Easter Road and we get the points because we're not trying to break down the 10-men defence that usually comes up against us in the league. Yeah, And I think that might be a good thing for Celtic at the time, but we do have to work on breaking those 10 men down because as you continue to go on a run, eventually the confidence of sides so that come up against you will drop and in that case they will put the 10 behind the ball. So yeah, it's a bit of a catch-22, but I think this game and next, Sunday, or next Saturday or um, be a we'll good thing game. for
3: us. I think we'll win the game. I think we'll win the game and I think if you can bring in you know, if, if Julian is fit, if Ayer stays fit, uh, if Barkas comes in and if we win the game with those three in the team, then everything changes. Everything changes, you get a bit of momentum. It'd be two tough away games in a row that you would have won. Um I mean, I'm sitting here saying this just now, anything could happen, you know, we could we could be coming away with a defeat and none of this matters, but it's these fine margins. So honestly these fine margins. And going back to the point about the defense versus the attack. Against Sparta last week, Stephen Griffith scored. I honestly thought there's no way we're not getting another goal and getting a two at least a two each out of this. The problem was we were sold again at the back from an individual error. And that I think that's been the trend. We can't rely on the defence or individuals not making these mistakes at the back. See, last season, when Lenny had his solid back four, we would have won that game, maybe scraped a one or a two-nil, because we weren't conceding those types of goals in Europe. Um, We were difficult to break down. So, the problems aren't up top. Um, I think if Hibbs come and have a go at us, I think we'll outscore
2: them. Um, Could be an interesting game then, certainly. Yeah. So, if you are watching this on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope... Definitely drop your comments in. We're going to try and go through them as we go through the broadcast and that's exactly what Jaffa Cakes 2019... Jaffa Cakes, love that. You a Jaffa Cake fan? Uh,
3: yes. Yep. Yeah, go with that. Yep. Is that a cake or a biscuit? Oh, it's definitely a biscuit. Biscuit, okay. Yeah.
2: We've only been good for the first 45s. They've no legs in the second half. Under Rodgers, we've had the fittest squad, in fittest squad in Scotland. Not anymore. I think that has been certainly something that you can see... But I don't know how much of that comes down to how fit the guys are, as opposed to maybe playing a lot more games than what they're used to be playing in a short period of time.
3: We might have the fittest squad in Scotland. Um but it's not being used. You know, we're playing guys that maybe don't have ninety minutes in them. Um So if, if we're making changes at the right times when we feel that we are losing the midfield, you know, in the, you know, in the second half against Motherwell, then we're able to use the fitness levels of the entire squad and that's what I don't think we're doing. Um, So, yes, I totally agree. Uh, Rodgers did have the fittest squad in the country. I don't think we've got that now, but I also don't think we're using the squad that we do have as well as we possibly could be doing. Um,
2: Someone that has been getting a a lot of comments in here um, so far, certainly on this broadcast, is David Turnbull. And you mentioned it yourself. You would maybe start him away to Hibs.
3: We've signed the best young player in Scotland. The best young player in Scotland. We've paid a lot of money for him. We've tried to get him for two years. Why can't he not come into a team? I don't don't understand it. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he's been rubbish in training. I don't know. But I don't think it's a gamble. I don't think it's a gamble putting the best young player in Scotland into an SPFL game.
2: One of the things I think that might go against Turnbull, and I'm not saying this is definitely the case before anyone uh, quotes me on this, is he's not had a lot of football over the last 18 months to two years because of injuries. He was only starting to get back into the Motherwell team before the league was was uh, stopped last season. And then I think he's maybe played two or three games at the start of this season. Can you throw someone that's not had that amount of football after a serious injury straight into the 90 minutes or he's not the way I see it, should he be coming off the bench more often I of think there's he should been be. time for him to of course come off be. the
3: bench 60 minutes away to motherwell on Sunday they get the goal back we've clearly lost the legs in the midfield just for that period um, bring him on you know if anybody knows Mullowell how to play against motherwell is David Turnbull um, going back to your point about match fitness can we play somebody that's only played a couple of games? Lenny's obviously spoken a lot, but match fitness, uh, we've had strikers this season, you know, a Yeti not deemed match fit, Clamala uh, not deemed match fit, um, you know, at three o'clock on a Saturday, but can come on at four o'clock to play 45 minutes for the second half. Um, so match fitness is obviously a huge thing with Lenny, um, but then you look at Laxalt, who hadn't played a single game since summer, comes in and starts against Rangers, mm-hmm. so I don't know what match fitness is. Because if somebody's been playing matches for Celtic this season, I don't understand how they could be less match fit than somebody who's not played for anybody since the summer. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So, um, I don't see that David Turnbull isn't good enough to come in and play for half an hour or an hour. Uh, you're talking about coming back after a serious injury. Um, he scored for Motherwell this season, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Not? Yeah. So he's been playing. He was, he's been their star man this season. So. You know, Stephen Robinson obviously thinks he's good enough to come in and and play and fit enough to play. And the only way you're going to get match fit is to actually play.
2: Well, the interesting thing is for me is what will it take for David Turnbull to get his run in the side? Will it need to be an injury to to Christie, to McGregor, to Brown before Turnbull gets in? And I think when he does come in, because he will come in, there's a a lot of games to be played this season and he will get his, his chance, I'd say. It's about keeping that jersey yeah. And he's has started one game this season Which was away to St Johnston Yeah, And certainly for the, the time that he was on the park I'm not saying it was his fault himself But the team didn't look great away to St Johnston And only really changed when the subs come on I think for me The biggest thing about this season Is you can make the five subs in a game When you've got a game like that And you're trying to keep the guys fresh Use them Yeah,
3: no definitely I mean we're not tacticians. Maybe there's a role that David Turnbull isn't covering right now. You know, if he's going to come in and replace Brown, maybe there's an area of the pitch or a certain part that Brown covers um, in certain situations that Turnbull doesn't cover. Maybe there's... I mean, we, we still don't know what Turnbull's position would be in the Celtic team. Um, so... What do you think l- his
2: best position would be? Uh
3: Probably attacking midfielder, sitting in front of Brown and McGregor, or sitting in front of two players that are playing there. Um, I've not watched a lot of David Turnbull from Motherwell. Uh, You know, Obviously, when he first came to to Celtic's attention, it was towards the end of not that season there, but the season before. And then the rumours started, so I hadn't actually watched a lot of them that season. I know he'd done fantastically well for them. Um, so I'm assuming his best position is going to be attacking midfield. In a, in a central role, you know, if somebody's out there that can correct me, um, but um, he's never going to get match fit if I'm not going to give my chance. I, I he's obviously it's got ability. He's obviously got ability.
4: So
2: yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's a more attacking-minded midfielder. Um, he certainly scored a lot of goals yep. in his time at Motherwell, and there's a fantastic documentary about him and his recovery on um, Motherwell's YouTube yeah. channel. I highly recommend a lot of people go and check that one out. Now. David Bradley brings up a point here and I'm not necessarily saying I agree with him here but it is something that is in the papers today and it is uh, came from an ex-Celtic player, uh, Stephen Presley who has came out and says that he reckons Callum McGregor shouldn't play for Scotland on Thursday night. His reasons being that although he is a fan of Callum McGregor he doesn't think that he has the ability to defend and to counter with speed and he hasn't shown that this season. Now, so far this season I've seen Cal McGregor play attacking midfield I've seen him play
3: counter with speed you want to watch him against Was it who was it we played at Celtic Park was it was it the what was it the goal James he scored when Cal McGregor took the ball from his own half and ran and ran and ran it was a home game was it either Mullowell Motherwell
2: Motherwell or Livingston one of the it was, two it
3: wasn't Livingston uh, it would have been Motherwell at home and McGregor McGregor's one of the best footballers in the country at counter attacking with speed and running with the ball so I don't know where that's coming from.
2: So he's come out and said that he wouldn't play him. He thinks there's other people in the Scotland squad that would be ahead of him on current form. And I don't really know. I mean, where is he coming from with that?
3: I don't know. I mean, Cal McGregor's probably get more trophies than, you know, take the Celtic players out of that Scotland squad. And Cal McGregor's probably get more trophies than the rest of them combined. Um, so we need to win the game tomorrow night. And Cal McGregor's a winner. Maybe I'm being biased. Um, I would have him in my team all the time.
2: When you look at the options, that's there. Scotland have turned Scott McTominay into a Mm. centre-half. I think Ryan Jackson, the squad. I don't know who else would be in the middle of the park for them. Um, I think Callum McGregor should be one of the first names. For me, certainly one of the first names on the Celtic team sheet. And I think it would be the same for country as well. Um, I, I don't understand the point he's trying to make here. I don't know if it's just again, an ex-player wanting to have a go at yeah. a current Celtic player and I feel as if that becomes more and more frequent within the media
3: Yeah, I mean there's no getting away from the fact that Karl McGregor's not had um, he's not been to the best of his ability that we know he can be at um, but certainly towards the beginning of the season he was the one that was driving us on and bailed us out a couple of times at home we really needed him um, I think he's got outstanding ability at all levels um, so, yeah, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I, I think he'll be on the team sheet tomorrow night, and rightly so.
2: I think he definitely can play a centre-defensive mid position, which I think the idea being here is that Serbia are definitely the favourites for Thursday night. They'll probably be more attacking. But if anybody's watched Scotland over the last six or seven games, although they've been keeping clean sheets, mm-hmm. it has been a backs-to-the-wall job. It's not been that they've been coming out and dominating mm. people. They've been scoring mm. a goal and then defending it very yeah. well. So I don't I don't understand that. For me, I don't think that the criticism Callum McGregor gets is deserved. I think the fact that we're not at the games and we're not actually seeing what he does yeah. off the ball yeah. kind of contributes to that. Definitely. Um,
3: and obviously he'll be up against a guy who he absolutely bossed last year in Rome, Sergei milankovic Savage.
2: It's a fantastic game that I'm just just off the anniversary. So uh, of I know, I
3: know, mate. Don't even remind me of it. Honestly, sickening, sickening. Um, so yeah, Cal McGregor's proved that he can play against the the Serbian central midfielder and have a fantastic game. So uh, I'm not sure any of the other Scotland midfielders can say that. So Cal McGregor's on my team tomorrow
2: night. I'm just reading a comment here. Um, Rido <laughs> Beeman, right. Presley ain't nothing but a hound dog crying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, brilliant. Continue to contribute to us. We've got about 10 minutes left on the broadcast today. We want to see what you would play as you're 11 for the game against Hibs coming up. We're also taking a look at the season so far and how you'd rate it. Um, if you want to give us a scale of 1 to 10, or if you want to give it an A, a B, a C, however you'd like to rate that. Um, but we've got one more topic I want to discuss which is Andrew Goodman the left back that we saw. oh my goodness yep I know what a throwback that Oof. is um, he signed was it about 18 months ago now in the January one yeah it
3: was with Manny Perez
2: Manny Perez yeah. yeah and from that from since then basically he's been back in America it seems to be that we might be having visa issues getting the guys into Scotland to, to play he's certainly been playing very well for FC Cincinnati and the MLS there's quite a few excels that are over there playing well at the moment mm. when he becomes available which it looks if like he, he will be to come back into the Celtic squad do you think he's got a future here or do you think it's maybe one of them signings that we go we signed him
3: um, first of all you've really surprised me uh, today coming on here talking about Andrew uh, Gutman. I wasn't expecting that and <laughs> um, yeah, do you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, what, we're, what we'll get from him. Um, I was certainly thinking about him during the summer when we were crying out for another left-back or for somebody to, to, to come in and um, improve the squad a little bit in that position. Um, so, yeah, I hope he comes good. I hope we can we can see him in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and You know, on Goodman, that's all I can say. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's bizarre that we've not seen him yet. I don't know what the issue is. I don't know why he was signed and then the visa couldn't be approved. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think when
2: he moved back out to the MLS, he signed a new contract before he left. Uh Which meant that he basically was like, I think he's got two and a half years left now when he comes back in January. Right, so it was
3: a four-year deal. Yeah, something like that.
2: So... He's then coming back in. Would he be behind Greg Taylor and Diego Laxalt? Or don't know me? No, no, <laughs> I've not seen him. <laughs> People... I don't know? I don't know.
3: I've not seen him. Um, do you know what? I've watched him. Watched a few on YouTube, and he's very good going forward. Uh, he's actually scored a few goals. Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be down to to Lenny or whoever the manager is at the time when he comes in. Um, I would like to think he's going to be an asset, or we wouldn't have, you know, pushed the boat out to go and sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, you know, if he's better than what we've got, I I need to hold my hands up and say that I've not seen enough of him to make that decision. Um, same with the boy Manny Perez.
2: Yeah, I think Perez has probably got less chance of making it through at Celtic as Gutman has. I think yeah. Gutman's certainly played a few preseason games for us as well yeah. when we've been yeah. over in Europe. Yeah. So. It's an interesting one. I think it offers a, another dynamic to the squad if he's able to come in. Um, we, we've not seen a lot of him, but someone that you'd probably want to see in and around the squad. I always think that the squad should have three players that can play in each position. Yep. And at the moment, when you're looking at left-back, if you had an injury to LaSalle or to Taylor, then I think we're pretty weak in that position. Yeah,
3: no, it's, it's very, very true. Yeah. Um, going back to what you were saying about positions, I would love to see big, big Chris Iyer getting a game in midfield just for a game, just to see how it would go.
2: There's a few comments Fantastic actually saying midf- I think he would play you know, well as a
3: defensive midfielder. Well that's what he was, that's what he came through as in Norway. Um, I think he'd be outstanding in there, i would love to see it. I don't know why I've just fired that back at you after firing Gutman at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're totally right, we need we need cover at left-back. Um, We've we'll certainly get enough cover at right-back when everybody's fit. Um, centre-backs, when everybody's fit I think we've just just about got enough cover in there Um, I know know we let Big Yozo go I'm not sure whether who we brought in is an upgrade on that even if Yozo's injuries um, held him back for a few seasons Um, and obviously if Lac's up we're not keeping him might not keep him are we? well fingers crossed but um, I think we need to do whatever we can to keep him Um, yeah I actually don't think Taylor's that bad either, I think Greg Taylor's a good player, Um, maybe he's not the, the problem is nowadays that you need the engine, you need the engine going forward, you need to be rapid, you need to have the strength, you need to get crosses into the box, Um, and maybe that's not Taylor's game.
2: Well Bromsgrove boy agrees with you on Periscope, he's saying he's not a Greg Taylor fan at all but his contribution stats are excellent, so maybe there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. Certainly, when you look at it, the main talking point today is what can Celtic do differently after the international break? Um, It then comes down to a point that's been made in the comments. Is it make or break, this Hibs game, for our season? Do you think if we lose this game against Hibs, then we're certainly on the back foot?
3: It's unthinkable. Honestly, mate, it's unthinkable that we lose this game. 12 points behind. Two games in hand.
2: Well, you were were assuming that Rangers would then beat Aberdeen because they play after us on the Sunday.
3: It's unthinkable not to win that game of Hibs. It really is unthinkable not to win it. I think we will win it. Um, I don't know because the problem is right now, I don't see these defeats, these defeats wouldn't be a one off. You know, it's not like a bad performance would be a one off in previous seasons where you've got the crowd behind you, you've got the momentum going, you know, you've got guys that are, are busting a gut to play week in, week out and look completely on form. That would be the biggest concern instead of the, if we were to get beat, instead of that result in isolation. Um, where it would turn around from there, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, it's, it's unthinkable to get beat.
2: In your own opinion, going up to the Hibs game, Are you feeling confident? Do you think that we can get the points?
3: Can we get the points? Yes. Am I confident? No. Um, But do I believe we have the ability to go and get three points there? Of course. Of course. If we turn up, we'll get the three points. Uh, If we can cut out the stupid mistakes at the back, we'll get three points. Um, And said it ten times already, not getting the three points. I can't even think about that. I can't think about that. Going further behind. And then we obviously lose the game in December again. Because of the Scottish Cup final. Mm-hmm. So that'd be another game in hand, we'd have to make the points up so by the time we go to Ibrooks, we could be fifteen, you know, points behind. Or you know, it could swing the other way. It could completely swing the other way. So Lenny's got to get the team right. We need a bit of stability at the back. I think if we can do that, I think the forward players will turn up. I think getting Tom Roggic back to form is massive. Um and Every game of football it changes every single week you know it can go from a complete low to a complete high we get a good result against Hibs and another team slips up then you're thinking right this is us now we've got it so I don't know
2: We did ask for your points on social media and we've certainly had a lot of comments coming through we are going through them um, and we'll try and get back to as many as possible in the, the few minutes that we have left on the broadcast we did ask for a, a rating for the season so far this kind of summarises a lot of the comments that's been coming in. season so far has been poor, 6 out of 10. Now, in poor 6 out of 10, it shows the standard that Celtic are setting for themselves, certainly over the years. Um, and like if it was a 6 out of 10 for a lot of other teams, they'd be very happy with that. But as Celtic, we set the standard so high that anything less than a 10, especially this season as we go for 10, then it is a bit of a... It's a disappointment for fans, certainly.
3: Are we taking last season's Scottish Cup into this season's rating? Go for it.
2: Yeah? Yeah.
3: I don't even know where to start. It's been so long since we've been behind on points in the league that it's difficult to rate the season so far and not think about how we're playing and what it could turn into either way so based on I, I can't give you a, I can't give you a rating mate based on games so far I think European games um, at home have been very poor mm-hmm. I think that there's, you know there's no disgrace in saying that uh, comparing that to last season European games at home is just night and day apart from Copenhagen um, so I mean you, you want to compare last seasons to this season's European games at home you're looking at 1 and 10 you know just the European games at home but uh, league form it's not been great it's so inconsistent isn't it it's not been great um, we won the first Celtic Rangers game of the league last season we were beating the likes of Aberdeen away from home I was at the game last season what, what month was it was it October? November we went up and we were 4-0 up in the first half yep so again, when you're comparing those, it's night and day. Um, so not
2: great, but certainly not unfixable. I think that's the, that's the main point here. Yeah, we, certainly doable. Something has to happen yeah. very quickly. Um,
3: and the good thing is, we know we've got the squad to do it. Yeah,
2: we've got There's, the squad we've to we've change it. We've, there, we've got the players there to do it. Yeah. Um, the more and more that goes on, certainly Rangers are flying high on confidence at the minute. They've had a lot. Um, going right for them we haven't had that yet no. what you really need from this Hibs game and from the next run of games after that is for Celtic to kick on Yeah. but I think for me personally if we don't kick on from them games then it has to be a re-evaluation of what's going on um, at the at the club whether it be that we, we look to bring in a, a new manager whether we bring in new coaches whether we bring in something different to change it up because this season for me is just so important. To not win the 10 now would be completely unthinkable. Um, and especially now that if you don't win the league, then the emphasis turns to, to Rangers. They've got a sort of easier access into the Champions League. The gap then becomes a lot closer than what it is now. And for me, the, the momentum's then gone. I think we've got to keep riding this momentum as as long as possible. Um, and certainly, as you mentioned before, there is the players in the team that have got this winning mentality, have done it before, and we hope that they can use their experience to once again do it again. The Um, manager's
3: done it before. Yeah. The manager's done it before, you know. He's about to hopefully win a treble, you know, from his first full season since coming back, so it's doable. Do you think that the 10-in-a-row thing has had an impact? I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any pressure Extra pressure on this season. Do you think if ten in a row wasn't a thing this season, that 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 bigger changes maybe would have been made by now? Quite, quite
2: possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. That it could be that there's uh, a lot of conflicting views amongst the boardroom of what, what to do to yeah. make the, the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there'll be criticism on both sides, no matter what's decided. So, it's to me, if we're going to make a change it has to be done soon mm. if we're not going to make a change then this has to be something shown in the next few games to prove a lot of people including myself uh, that there's going to be a, a change in the side and a change for us going forward Yeah. but all we can do is kind of sit here because we're now what 10 days out from our next game international football for me apart from maybe this game tomorrow night is just completely pointless Yeah. and we're going to continue over the next 10 days to bring you some insight to the Celtic, uh, the Celtic fans' thoughts. We're continuing to look at the comments that's coming in. And we will be here every day on A Celtic State of Mind at 12.30 with the Bulletin. I'll be back next Wednesday with the Football Insomniac. Kevin was my guest today. Check that one out on YouTube. And all that is left for me to say, Kevin... Is thank you very much for joining me on the bulletin. Pleasure. Good luck to Scotland tomorrow night. Good luck, Scotland. And hail, hail.
0: gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.